welcome to the Game Dev London podcast, a community of game developers and enthusiasts talking about the one thing they love the most, games. Uh, my name is Nicola Humphreys, you can refer to me as she, her, uh, and I'll be your host for today. Uh, and today we are joined by Chloe. Chloe, can, for those who don't know who you are, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I am Chloe Alford and I am currently a junior game designer. <clears throat> nice. Um, yeah, before we get into the, the main topic of conversation today, I'm just going to throw a quick icebreaker question your way, uh, just so then the audience can get to know you a little bit better and like it sort of calms the vibe down and like it has a nice little chill environment. Um, so my question to you uh, is if you had to be part of any video game universe, what, what, which one would it be and why? Uh, that is like such a hard question because there are so many games and universes. Um, <clears throat> I think the one that always just immediately comes to mind, and we're going to ignore the fact that it's extremely dystopian because that's not the reason that I want to be in that <laughs> world, but Cyberpunk 2077 Ooh. always comes to me because it's like all of like the kind of cybernetic enhancements and like the brain dances and like mm -hmm. you can like double jump because you've got like new legs. <laughs> it's just the whole like neon colors and everything and the city just looks so good. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. To be that fair, that's, that's such a great uh, choice because being a, a shorter individual myself, I, <laughs> I could use the double jump sometimes. I just can never yep. reach the top shelves of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> Plus, the aesthetic of cyberpunk is like on point. It reminds mm -hmm. me of Japan so much, and oh, neon lights are the way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's incredible, especially if you have um, the HDR on and it's like all the mm. light reflections and everything. It's amazing. It's like IRL <laughs> ray tracing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a great, great um, choice. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to the topic of conversation today, we're going to talk all about uh, studying video games because Chloe and I have uh, studied at the same university. We were, at, we were in different years, but we studied the same course of uh, game design, um, which was a very cool course. So if you're ever thinking about studying at University of Art London, would recommend. Ooh. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, just to dive a little bit deeper into that, uh, I'm curious, Chloe, why did you want to study games? Um, so, yeah, studying games wasn't like an immediate kind of choice for me. It wasn't like something that I was like, yeah, I want to do this and then I'll follow that path. Kind of just happened. Um, so <clears throat> I've played a lot of games, like I've always played games. I played Crash Bandicoot on my grandpa's PlayStation and then nice. Nintendo DS with new Super Mario Brothers. Um, and then I finally got into like PC gaming when I was about 18. And I think that's kind of when the idea of like the internet and like having kind of being able to see everything going on in the world really opened up because that's like my generation. I didn't really have much internet before then. <laughs> um, to telling all the kids the internet wasn't always here. Um, so <clears throat> I really got interested in like technology and I wanted to kind of be a part of like the future of like where the world was going to um and also like how much creativity that includes mm -hmm. um so I studied a year of computer science 
um, and was planning on going down that route. Uh, and they had a game development module on it. So obviously it was a lot of like the programming side, um, but also some of the design side too. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adored that module. It was just the best module uh, on the course. Um, and I ended up changing to a different university in, in, in to the University of Arts in London. Um, and I did game design there. So yeah, it was just kind of, I ended up loving this module and was like, I want to study this, like just in, on its own in a vacuum. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, to be fair, <clears throat> there's something nice about visually like putting design on paper and like, I don't know, it's that I feel like it's almost, I don't know, it's uh, there's something about design and just like, writing down the functions say, oh, this is how this aspect's going to work. This is how this aspect's going to work. And just figuring out that that's how design is within games. Uh, it's something fascinating about it. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, it's really satisfying when you're like problem solving and like answering questions. And I think um, I had a conversation with someone recently actually uh, about what is design what is Mm. game design like we went really back (laughs) um and it was I kind of realized or to me it was just like answering a series of questions and those questions can be like problems in themselves or uh just like kind of something that you need to like give the user or there's just like a million ways to kind of go about it and I love that like I just think it really allows for people who see the world or like learn in different ways. So like, you know, like visually or whatever um, Mm. to get into this discipline because there are just so many questions. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's funny uh, the way you mentioned almost like visualizing, putting all these pieces together because the way that I often describe it to people who might not know what design is when answering uh, such a, uh, a meta question uh, I almost like oh it's like getting loads of like you have five different puzzle pieces and you have to get the right puzzles and put them puzzle pieces together and put them together to make this one unison uh, image um, so it's just a case of like you are the designer of like picking up that piece and figuring out where it goes uh, and then each puzzle piece is like a department so maybe it's like oh I need a bit of this code and I need a bit of this art so then we could put this harmonious uh, mechanic together and then give that to the player which is the final image mm. yeah that was really well said yeah oh, thank you. I tried my best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was curious as well because like everyone who goes to university has loads of different experiences and loads of different stories uh some more chaotic than others um so I'm curious how did you find the experience of studying at university especially uh game development mm. um I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah, I think it was uh, a great time in my life. (laughs) Um, I think university is just really great for that kind of uh, working out kind of who you are, like what you want to do, who you want to be. It opens so many doors for you. It gets you in touch with so many different people, um, like people on your course and off your course. Uh, It's really quite eye opening, I found. So um, even just like specifically with game design, not just the studying, but um, just the whole kind of industry. Mm. 
yeah, I had a lot of opportunities, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I feel like going off of that, I feel that university almost strengthens that communication that you need as a game designer because you are put into situations during university where you're meeting like quite a few different people from all all walks of the earth um and it's learning how to communicate with those people especially if you end up working uh with them on like a project or uh part of a module in a course or even outside of the course as well it's about like building up those communication skills that may not have come across if you didn't study uni but I feel like uni definitely like is the catalyst to help develop that communication skill Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like I always say that like communication skills are probably the most important skills that I think anyone could have in Mm. probably just in the world as well as when we are working on a game we are working as a team and usually if something goes wrong it's because of a lack of communication or miscommunication and so Mm. working on like communication skills is like always something that I always say to people like actively work on it because it is so 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 important and like Mm. you said like I had friends from all different countries around the world some people whose English wasn't perfect and so I did have to improve my communication to make sure that we were you know on the right page Um, and so I think communication skills is definitely something that you learn uh specifically while you're studying but also just like accidentally because you are exposing yourself to so many different people so many different ways of people speak not just like not just like accent or anything like that or like level Mm. of language but also just maybe people explain themselves poorly and you're having to understand and dissect what they're saying and then maybe relate that back to other people um but also you know obviously you're presenting topics you end up working as a team um, in different, I think multiple different projects, at least for me. So Mm. yeah, the communication levels, I think for me, drastically improved uh, through my university experience. Oh yeah, and that makes total sense. And it almost like ties into networking as well. Like Mm -hmm. I know university can be very extreme when it comes to networking where it's like, oh, just one drink ends up being like 20. Um, But when when it comes to like networking with professionals, I feel like it definitely like, uh gives us good practice in the sense of like okay so this is how we'd want to interact with professionals in a social environment Mm -hmm. so that we could build out our network space yeah yeah definitely i think those networking skills are very important um and again it's just communicating with people and like communicating to in that case sell yourself like you Mm -hmm. know how can you bring yourself across to be the best version of yourself you know how can you make yourself sound the best and it's all mm. all communication um so yeah very important <laughs> but uh going off the whole like university experience what do you feel are the pros and cons of studying at university um <clears throat> so i'll say with pros uh is you get a very structured learning path like you know what you're doing you have your three or four years depending on where you are um you know what you're studying on each of those years you know kind of where you'll be at the end um and you don't really have to control much you know you're just kind of shown the way and so you you have quite a weight i think lifted off of your shoulders um when it's not your responsibility to uh 
to know what to learn or to like find what to learn you're kind of you know you're given you're given help you're given guidance um and so i think in that way as well you end up learning a lot of things that you wouldn't uh think to teach yourself or maybe wouldn't even like find to learn in the first place um so like game design theory is extremely helpful and applicable um and i didn't realize how much that I would actually end up falling back on that in my work because um, you know you kind of think like oh well you just make games or you know like you don't need this kind of fluffy extra you know uh, stuff to to kind of go underneath but you do you really do <laughs> there's a reason that this game design theory exists and mm -hmm. that's so amazing uh, game designers know a lot of theory um, so yeah that's this is definitely one. Uh, I think you have a lot of access to really knowledgeable, skilled people, like your tutors really know mm -hmm. what they're talking about. They are there to help you like day and night whenever you need it. Or well, I mean, I studied in COVID or part of I think two of my years were in COVID total. Mm -hmm. So like some of my tutors really were there like day and night. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they are there which obviously if you're if you're if you don't have that um makes a massive difference uh so yeah if you're stuck on a programming question you can just message your programming tutor and be like help and they're there and it's so valuable um it's just like the idea of just sending the word help and nothing else <laughs> just, <laughs> they're like i got you <laughs> they know they know what's up that's one. They probably have gotten that message many times. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they had just received help. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you also get to work with other uh, disciplines. So, like, I think for me, we had two, maybe two, maybe three uh, opportunities to work with people from the animator course and the game art course um so yeah like having that having that uh available was really really cool and i loved i loved work doing that working with um animator i'm still friends with the animator that we worked with now uh it was really cool um yeah um and i think obviously just a lot of other pros that come with university in general not even just uh maybe the thing that you're specifically studying but you just get so much support and like university life, like you get this whole community. And I always say that the friends that you make at university are the friends that you'll have for life, mm. hopefully. <laughs> um, uh, but that, I generally think that, and I think it's really just a point for you to like grow. And, you know, there's so many like clubs and societies and events and everything that's going on that like, you don't want to go into work immediately. Like I want to have my like sick, week summer holiday back please <laughs> i miss that um it's like yeah so it's just a really good time and that was obviously all on top of everything to do with your course specific mm. there's a lot of pros <laughs> there's a lot of pros on my list i could probably go into more <laughs> if i could think of more to be fair yeah i i totally agree with the with the statement that you mentioned how like your university friends are going to be like your friends for life because mm -hmm. In secondary school, it's very much like, a, oh, we're only really friends because we stay with each other every single day. And college is like that sort of rebellious phrase. Whereas I feel like 
well, I say rebellious, it depends how rebellious you are of a person. <laughs> but uh, I feel like university is when like structure definitely gets taught to people. Uh, mm. And if you're able to make friends in while well, being professional, as well as like having a laugh just on the side and like doing goofs, um, then I feel like those are the people that are going to really stick with you for, for life. Like I've yeah. got a few friends who are like international as well. And um, we all went to an event relating to the university and we FaceTime each other to say like, hey, look at this cool course. Like, I know you couldn't be here because you're all the way in another country, but look how cool this is. And like, it was almost like we were experiencing it together uh, mm -hmm. again, despite being in like different time zones and different countries. Yeah, I think game design like really allows for that, especially the like international students thing. Um, like, I think all of my friends from my course are international. Yeah, all of them are, so uh, they might be going home soon, hopefully hopefully they stay. Um, but obviously, because it's games and so much of that is online, it just means that you can stay friends for a really long time because you can just jump in Discord. So location really, location really loses its meaning when it comes to video games, which I think mm. is really cool. Yeah, and I, thankfully as well, like designing for communities which are, which bring people together um despite us being virtually distant or physically different but virtually in the same room mm -hmm. we sort of like share that with the gamers who are then gonna play the game that we're making or the little like game jam thing that we're making and it's i feel like yeah uh, game design and games in general really thrive on communities being together in a virtual space despite being physically all across the world yeah definitely but with uh, with all the, the hundreds and thousands of pros of being at university, because like I could easily talk about how much fun university was and how valuable <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm curious, though, what do you feel like are the cons of studying at university? Um, so my list is going to be a lot shorter for cons, I think. <laughs> um, my my biggest con that I have actually with university isn't again, isn't course specific, but it's that it can really cause a lot of mental fatigue because there's never a point in time for you to shut off. Like you can mm -hmm. work 24 hours a day if you want to. And those kind of like, you know, 40 plus hours that you're expected to do from home, we can all be honest and say they never end up being in the healthy like eight hour work day time. No, they mm -hmm. all start at like 4 p.m. and then you finish at 2 a.m um and then you know on the weekend you'll work some more and if you don't work you feel incredibly guilty and because you know whenever any point you're having fun you're like i could be doing any work right now i could be doing any work right now and that's just so unhealthy um and it's known to be unhealthy as well <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's not even a question so it's just like that's that's one thing that i really do not like about university um but other than that i would say I would say that maybe it limits your learning to the structure of the course. Okay. But I think that that would depend on the person because I, I disagree with my own statement there, but I can see how some people might say that. So mm -hmm. like, for example, you know, you have the structure, you know what you're going to be learning, that is kind of it. And it can be on you to go out and find other resources or if you want to delve deeper into a specific topic you can do that and this is where I disagree you know you should do that in my opinion um 
but I think for some people they may not have that kind of self-motivation or discipline to go out and do that so some things on the course they may not enjoy as much or they may feel a little bit like limited to um but yeah I like I don't really think I have any other cons <laughs> no those, those are good points to bring up and it's it's interesting as well because like I feel like the external research that a student can do can almost like make the difference between like a, a good student and a great student because mm -hmm. um, it shows that you're willing to go like that extra mile and that really does yeah. help when it comes to like applying for roles as well as like being in the, in the industry as well to say like oh I've done like x task but I've also added like this little extra thing because mm -hmm. then it shows that you're like super motivated to be yeah. where you are as well as like the work that you're working on um so doing that extra little step it's almost like it's like the unwritten rule of all the different courses and all the different modules that you do where it's like here's the base but yeah. feel free to add extra sprinkles onto the end because it will definitely like help in what you're making right now yeah yeah definitely I think it's even just simple things like uh like the one example I could think of was like adding audio to your game like we do not mm -hmm. learn audio we do not we're not required to do audio you're not marked on audio but like I put audio in my games anyway because it was makes them more enjoyable, a little bit more immersive. I wanted mm -hmm. to know how to do it in the first place, so yeah, it's just like a little extra sprinkle of kind of why not, but also you know you want to explore uh, what you're what you're learning, what you're going to be doing. You want to like I think that's a lot of the design uh, sort of want is like to find out how you're like oh how can I do this? How can I implement mm -hmm. this new mechanic? How do designers or Sorry, how does sound designers like add sound into games? Like, how can I build something myself? Um, yeah, so I, it's in my, I completely agree. It's an unwritten rule that you should be uh, really exploring it as much as you want. Mm, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like as well, having a look into how other departments might have input on a project is a great way for like designers and, and like game designers as well to know how different departments work. So then we can sort of, add to that communication like we were mentioning earlier on like how we can speak to each other and like knowing the tools that we work with really um really helps the communication flow because we know what we're talking about rather yeah. than like oh how do I add the beeps and the boops and it's like oh no what you can do is actually use this tool which is a plug-in to this engine and it's like oh okay now this makes sense rather than like saying like I want the sounds but I don't know what the sounds I just want noise yeah, definitely. I completely, completely agree. It's like a, if um, I was having a conversation with a, a 3D modeler, actually, and I was like, oh, you know, can you like extrude this point more? Mm. <laughs> it's because I had you know, learned a little bit of uh, 3D modeling on our course. And it was like, then you learn some of the, um, uh, the words, <laughs> the vocabulary um, <laughs> of the of their profession and obviously like you said it opens that door to communication it makes it so much more easier um again i think i think that's one of the big things from our course specifically because we do a lot of programming that mm -hmm. we have a lot of that programming knowledge and it allows us to speak with programmers and so, so much more easily uh yeah yeah uh, yeah i i totally agree with that and like i feel that because of the things that we were taught during university, especially our course, like I can't speak for, for other courses, but I feel like especially for the course that we studied, uh, it really helped us dive into like the potential avenues that we might want to go to if we didn't think game design was our, 
our future but then also knowing how other departments work if we did decide to go to game design which which we both did so woo. um <laughs> but um yeah i feel like having these opportunities really helped us thrive to become game designers but i'm curious do you think that learning this sort of stuff would have been as easy or if not more difficult if game design uh, students wanted to not go to university, for example? Um, I think I think it depends massively on the person, for one. Mm -hmm. I think if you're extremely uh, disciplined, extremely motivated, I mean, there are some like, I think uh, there's been the young young BAFTA designer awards or something like that mm -hmm. and there's like uh 14 year olds on there making oh, games wow. who have like they're incredibly talented and i don't think they are having any problems um <laughs> i think they're gonna be just fine learning without going to university uh but i think i think you can get more pros out of going to university than you can self-studying like i think I think it's possible. I think gaming industry is completely possible to get into without a degree. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think it just makes it easier on university because all of those doors have already been set. They're already opened for you. You know, like the access to industry, access to industry professionals through your tutors, connections maybe, or through your showcase. That is already mm -hmm. like a set event that's going to happen. You do not need to take it upon yourself to make this event or to get to an event. It's already there. You have zero effort other than make the game and be there on time. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. I almost picture it as if like university is the stabilizers you put onto a bike. Uh, yeah. where it's like you can just jump onto it and ride but there's going to be a lot of obstacles but you could get there eventually um, and it, it can definitely be achievable but with like the extra stabilizers being on there it definitely allows for more of a smoother experience and definitely gives you the opportunities that you might not have been able to get um, doing self-taught but not to say that you won't get those opportunities they'll just be a lot harder to come by. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious because I've actually used the exact same metaphor but i've said oh, no it's like the hand holders on the bus oh okay but like you know if you're stood in there if you didn't have anything to hold on the bus you'd be <laughs> flying all over the place so you get those little like dangly hand holder things that you know stop you from flying all over yeah <laughs> also <laughs> the great part great part about being a game designer everything is like slightly philosophical but it's always interesting where everyone's brain goes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I totally didn't think about that, but it, it works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like going off of that, like we obviously, we have like slightly creative brains and like we are in the position that we are now, thankfully, thanks to our, our university course. And I would like to classify us as pretty good game design students. <laughs> if I had to you know, boast myself and like toot my own horn. <laughs> um, but I'd be curious, what do you think makes for a good game design student? Um, I was wondering where you were going. So I was like, are you going to say good game designer? So I was like, well, that's way too early. <laughs> student, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would say that too, I think, I think. Um, but what makes a good uh, game design student? Um, 
I mean, working really hard. <laughs> That's always going to be one, uh, you know, kind of. So when I started my degree, I knew that everything that I do in this degree is going to be what represents me when I'm trying to get a job in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, I need to make sure that everything is as good as I can possibly make it because I only want the best possible stuff to represent me. Um, so right from the beginning, you know, I put my all into everything that I could. So I think, yeah, really, you know, hardworking, making sure that you're not procrastinating too much, you know, trying to make sure that you're, uh, you know, as soon as you get an assignment, you're on it from the beginning. Um, you're just, especially, uh, I think on more design degrees, they seem to be more, um, uh, it's not exam-based, it's uh, assignment-based. And so mm-hmm. you obviously have a lot more time to do your assignments. Um, well, obviously some people say, okay, well, you have a lot of time to wait and do nothing, but you have a lot of time to make it really amazing. Um, so yeah, just, I think, kind of a fundamental hardworking idea, but also, um, the kind of you know when you said oh the difference between making a game designer student good or a great student um what makes a great student is kind of going above and beyond and researching other things or playing different types of games to learn from their mechanics or Mm. reading design books like they recommend design books on our course um i read a couple of them and but i don't think it was common for people to actually kind of go out their way to access these unless we were told like specific chapters or something mm-hmm. um watching youtube videos dev diaries just uh making your own games obviously i think that was really big i was researching about like you know what kind of can i do as a game designer to increase my portfolio when obviously making a whole game is really difficult um so it's just so simple things like designing new mechanics uh yeah um i think taking uh making use of all of the resources that are there so like um looking at the career support uh going to the events um that the university recommend or maybe they haven't even recommended like uh we got taken to egx and obviously they have the career center there and so you know making use of that and getting to go with them um yeah that's the the above and beyond steps (laughs) Yeah, I think it's good um, that you mentioned like making games in your own time as well because like game gems I feel like were one of the most iconic things that we worked on when I was at at university as well because every time there was a game gem it was like all right we're all gonna get our laptops and we're gonna all sit in a room uh unhealthily do it for like make the game for 48 hours (laughs) and then go back to go back to our uh, university work um and that was sort of like a I don't, it was like a marathon of making a game and it was really fun and it was nice to see the uh, end product even if it was like a chaotic end product mm-hmm. so something that we can say like oh we made this within 48 hours and it's playable <laughs> whether it's good is another question but it's playable and that's yes. the important thing. <laughs> um but just like having those external experiences and just saying like just sitting down and say like i think i'm gonna do the gmtk game jam because one, it will help me practice my code and make me not think about the other university projects I'm working on, but it also just like gets a little bit more practice in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like participating in those whenever you can is a, is a great way. And um, 
with them with game jams becoming more and more popular as well uh, within the game dev space it really encourages people to participate more because i know that um live streamers such as uh ludwig and Dog ba they're um hosting game jams now so it's sort of normalizing game jams on different platforms such as youtube and twitch yeah yeah i've seen them hosted by that i think they're really it's really really cool uh yeah mm -hmm. game jams are incredible like they allow you to add stuff to your portfolio in a matter of like three days <laughs> um and that's also something that's amazing to show uh, like passion um as well as just be really fun uh <laughs> yeah game jams like i think uh that was one really great thing in pro for our course specifically and it's definitely something that i would say that I would look for in university courses if I was taking them into consideration is do they take part in events and do they take part in game jams so like mm. our university took part in global game jam every year I took part in every single one because it was so fun um sadly the one was in COVID <laughs> so I was very much just on that one on my own like well that's fine <laughs> um but yeah that they are so helpful and so surprising that they bring about a lot of skills that you wouldn't probably even think to learn at any other point. So like, for example, my COVID game jam, um, learned uh, Photoshop. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, so that was, I can now use Photoshop thanks to the game jam. <laughs> Not very well, but you know, um, but you, you just have to learn so much in sh such a short space of time that mm. it really is like a kind of all or nothing. Um, and so, you have no choice but to get that information in your brain. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're a great tool. Um, like I said, extra things on your portfolio, way to show passion and um, yeah, just really fun. Mm, it's almost like the opposite of it. Well, let's say not necessarily opposite, but it definitely gives you a different experience to university <clears throat> in the sense that when you're given a, an assignment at uni, you usually get six months to do a particular part of the course. Whereas with, so you're able to like manage things more freely. So it's like, oh, okay, I know I need to do the 3D modeling. I can do that uh, after I do the programming, which should take about a week or so. Uh, but with game jams, time management is a whole different ballpark. Um, so it's like, okay, we need character models, but it will take all 48 hours, scrap it. We don't need them. They're just yeah. gonna be cubes. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really interesting trying to like, learn that sort of time management experiences uh, in both ends of the spectrum, both six months and uh, two days or maybe a week, but it's still like a very, very short time span and it's great to get that practice in. Yeah, they can, if you do do them as a group as well, it can be an amazing way of just, if you need to learn how to communicate, you will in these seven days because you have to, again, it's just like a kind of all or nothing. If you don't, you'll fail. So you are forced into a position where you do have to learn. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely good for that. If you need to learn something, make a game that includes it and do it in a game jam and yeah, you'll, you'll have that skill in like three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it was only until a couple game jams ago that I learned how to create 3d characters mm. <clears throat> and they looked very strange, <laughs> but it's because of that, that I know kind of know how to make 3d characters in in projects and like the last game jam i did i was managed to like churn out a couple different variations of 3d models like 3d characters and i was like oh cool now i know how to do this whereas if like if i looked at myself 
doing my first ever game jam and, I'm, and I said, you're going to make a 3D model of a character that moves? I think I would have just like cried in the corner and not participated. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't believe you and just walk out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we so we talked about uh, what makes a good game design student. So I'm curious, because we kind of mentioned a few notes on it beforehand, but I'm curious, what do you think makes a good game design course? Like, what do you think students should be looking for? Um, well, yeah, definitely hosting events um, like Global Game Jam um, and also talks. Like our university did a lot of talks with different people in the industry, which obviously one is an opportunity for networking, but two really gets you to meet people who are going to be in the job that you are wanting to do um which i always found that before i got to be a game designer i was always asking the question well what do you actually do mm. <laughs> that was like the most common question and obviously i figured it out basically when i got into the industry like properly like what does a game designer actually do and i started working and i went and saw my younger brother and he was like oh, okay, cool, cool. But what do you actually do? And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, it's like full circle. Um, but I can really understand why, because it's just, there is such like an open world of what you could actually be doing. Um, but yeah, having those talks and meeting these people, and like you said, I think mentioned uh, learning how different roles fit into this areas of a business um, is really, really helpful. So yeah, events, talks, things like that always great um i think also matches like what you're looking for so uh like for example my or our degree did a lot of programming mm -hmm. people may not be doing that um the course may provide like art on the side or be more like technical or so you know you really want to make sure that you're finding the right specific course not necessarily like the best university um yeah i think it can help sometimes if your tutors were previously in the industry in the industry um because they'll obviously be able to provide you with a lot of a lot more information than maybe those who weren't um a lot of connections uh i think good reviews <laughs> actually um i did not realize that university courses have reviews uh but they do and i found them online and i was like okay cool uh yeah so it's always worth doing that um yeah i think having a lot of support like having like you know one person that really does know their one skill set of like programming and then one person that really does know like design theory uh and being able to learn from them um i think just having really strong foundations for all the topics that you need to learn so i know not for my year but i think now that they have someone who does narrative design um mm -hmm. so she's very much teaches that and she knows a lot about that and so you know being able to go to any one of these kind of people and ask them a very specific question and being able to get that answer is obviously that's what you're there for right is to learn um so making sure you have like a varied uh team to go to for anything mm. that you need to learn 
Yeah, I think one thing as well that is always interesting when it comes to like looking for a game design course is the alumni that have come out of that game design course. Mm -hmm. um, so if, for example, someone studied at university and no one after graduating did anything, it's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't go here. But then yeah. like with with our courses, for example, we we have alumni that end up going to places like Rockstar, Ubisoft. I think a few mm -hmm. people have gone to like Activision as well and like PlayStation Studios. So it's, it's really more. just... Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like just having a look at the alumni. So even like going on LinkedIn or finding like spaces in which the alumni are still part of, just to see where they are now, um, yeah. and like seeing how far students may potentially go as well. Mm. Yeah, no, that that can be very really eye opening. I think it says a lot, not just about like what the course taught you but also about potentially the university as a whole and the support and guidance that you get because I think obviously a lot of the time and what I was worried about was that like okay when I graduate I'll kind of just be out in the open like oh god okay where do I go now kind of running around like a headless <laughs> goose um with just zero structure to life anymore um but no like you know we kept very much in touch with the head of our course uh my university emailed us with like career support and um like events that you could go to to help improve your like interviews on cvs and things like that so it felt so like comforting like you did have this kind of bed that you could fall into if needs be um so yeah obviously and on top of that hopefully the course was really amazing and provided so many uh, opportunities for having a great portfolio and being able to work with multi-disciplines and yeah you know really getting to show off what you've learned um yeah speaks volumes i think if there's students on there that have done well mm. yeah and like one thing as well to um that I feel like our course did really well and has been doing a lot more in the most more recent years when it comes to graduates is like displaying the work that the students have done, making that accessible all the time. So our course has an itch page in which they showcase all the different games that people have made for their final major projects, both for the BA and the MA. So like, this is the kind of work that you can expect to make for your final project. Um, and if you want to check out the other students, if you want to get any ideas, maybe ask them questions, feel free to like jump into the game and like uh, contact them further if you want to. Um, and even if you don't want to play the game, we, there's like even like video reels of each game so you can get like a general idea without having to like open every single one. Because uh, there's a lot of courses, uh, not a lot, a lot of games that come out of every year. So um, yeah, it's always nice just to see what people have made and even like, when the new graduates come around, I'm always nosy and I always open the HP to see like, oh, what have people made this year? And sort of thing. It's like a it's like a Christmas yeah. for game game development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, is this year as good? Like you hope that everyone's done well. Mm. Um yeah, no, definitely. I think that was uh that kind of relates to what I said about the uh tutors having good like networks. Um, and having access to a lot of like industry people is also for the kind of showcase or what they do to kind of you know set you off and um, as far as I'm aware a lot of universities do do like a final a third year showcase where they show like all of the games but it's like it's not just showing off your games it's also who do they bring to these events mm. you know who are they getting in who whose eyes are they showing your game to um, 
you know, what's the likelihood of people getting offered jobs at that event, for example. Um, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. And like, it's always interesting as well, seeing how much the the showcase, because like we, we try our best to visit the showcase every year when it comes to our university. Um, and just seeing how more, how much more the um, showcase evolves with every, with every year that comes. So with my year, we did our final course, but it was during COVID. So it was all digital and just like these little, uh, digital rooms that you could hop in and say like, oh, how's this game? And now the, the the showcase had like an IRL event where it was like neon lights everywhere and they had two different rooms. And I was like, wow, we've really like- Champagne. Oh, <laughs> champagne. And I was like, wow, this has like come very far. I'm very, very proud of my little course that I participated in. Yeah. That's so funny. yeah, and it's, it's always nice to see like game dev veterans as well also uh, visiting the the showcase to provide students with the opportunities to to join the industry from that point onwards, really. Uh, so I'm curious, what is the most valuable information slash advice that you got from studying at university? Um, it was definitely to to just be myself, to be yourself, to put your personality into everything that you are doing, everything that you're working on. Um, because that is what will truly make it unique, even if you don't think that you are necessarily unique. It's, you know, really coming from who you are. Like, when someone plays your game, they get a feeling of who you are, a sense of who you are, like, what your personality will be, who you are like to, like, work with. Are you kind mm -hmm. of a funny person? Are you a friendly person? Are you kind of, like, a little bit more of, like, maybe, like, a book reader, like, a little bit more detailed? it really gives away a lot about someone. Um, and so, yeah, really kind of putting yourself into everything that you do, uh, almost like unapologetically, um, really, really pays off. And I did that for everything. I did that for like my portfolio as well. I mm -hmm. think that made it, I kind of just made it a bit goofy and funny, um, even though like everything online was saying, you know, like, oh, be very smart and professional. I had this advice saying, no, because everyone's being smart and professional. If you're yourself, then you are unique because everyone mm -hmm. is unique. Um, and so that's what I did. Uh, so I think that was definitely very, very valuable. Mm. Like I, I do remember like making a few ideas and like design choices and are to uh, questioning my uh, design process and be like, why did you come to this conclusion? Because it's not, uh, what's the word? ordinary <laughs> um so it's always interesting like finding that balance between like silly ideas um and like being yourself but then also like keeping it contained in this like structured way to be like no i will make it goofy but i'll make it great <laughs> yeah yeah it's like communication like you need to you need to show yourself but also make sure that you're actually getting the point across that mm. you're intending to and it's not making it some weird crazy convoluted way of getting your point across <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it would always like, I, I always enjoy those like uno reverse moments of uh, our tutors questioning like uh, design ideas and then like showing them, they'll be like, oh, why did you make this? And then showing them like the different design flows to be like, no, I will make it and this is how I will make it. And they go, oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, no, I have a plan here, I promise. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah, you need you need a reason. 
there needs to be like a was it method behind the madness mm, a little chaotic spark to say like hmm but what if i did put a train in fire it's like what why <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, virtually not in real life obviously oh okay okay virtually virtually, virtually yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> now i feel unsure <laughs> i promise it will all be like a little toy train that you go for fire and then it'd be a cool fire train that you could drive for ice mountains it'd be cool <laughs> It makes me think uh, of this terrifying horror train that's like <laughs> driving up behind the guy in that one game. And <laughs> so that's your train, but now it's it's not just a horror train, it's now on fire as well. Yeah, why not? From that. <laughs> it's taking Thomas the Tank Engine to like a whole new level. Yeah, I would play that game. If Thomas the Tank Engine had flamethrowers, I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, <laughs> it'd be a whole different perspective on the, on the child's cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> going back to studying university. <laughs> um, so we've yeah we've we've covered most of the topic of like studying at uni itself. Um, so I was curious when it comes to like outside resources because we mentioned them a little bit uh, earlier. But um, are there anything? Is there anything that you would recommend? Like any resources that you would recommend to students who are thinking about studying game design or already in game design? <clears throat> um, my immediate number one thought of when we think of resources outside of the like curriculum is brackies. Mm -hmm. I think everyone has used brackies, or at least mm -hmm. knows of brackies in the industry. He's, if you don't know, he is uh, basically a guy that does YouTube videos and he does tutorials on basic uh, elements of game development, um, usually in Unity, as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah he's incredible for his he just really explains uh programming very well um and so if you're stuck or just you just want to be able to quickly implement something i used brackies for all of my menus in all of my games uh, <laughs> so yeah he's definitely one resource he doesn't make videos anymore sadly um but he all of his stuff is still there online available to everyone so yeah he's he's incredible Rest yeah he's still alive yeah, I remember like there were so many instances where I was like, how do I make a menu? Because like even though it's something that you would think would be super easy to implement, yeah. it's like, oh wait, no, each of these need a button and those buttons need code to actually mm -hmm. tell the button what to do. And then yeah. I need to change the color of the button. And then I need to link what that button does once you've actually clicked it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, there's so many actual big things that happen. And like Bracky's just sat down. It was almost like a he was reading a book next to a fireplace describing how you would how you would then make this uh this ui menu and i was like oh, makes so much sense to me now now that you've explained it in such like a tranquil way i totally mm -hmm. get it yeah he's very calming <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah definitely i think it's i think that's one of the things with all games is that you know on face value from like the user's perspective it looks so basic and it's just mm. oh i just click a button and you don't see the layers and layers of work that goes behind it. It's like, oh no, this what I thought would take five minutes now takes an hour. Uh, mm. That's a very common trend. Um, so yeah, it's it's deceiving. Um, but luckily, Brachys is there to help you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I find like there's also uh, going like a, on a similar route of like not knowing how much work actually goes into stuff. I feel like looking into GTC talks as well that are available on YouTube because yep. uh, there's been ones of describing the enemy behavior behind 
the enemies in Spider-Man. And on face value, it's just like, oh, they see Spider-Man, they get close. Um, but in matter of fact, it's actually, there's so many different layers to it. And not only is there like design of the enemies, but there's also the design of the combat that needs to be included and also enemy AI and how many AI can think at the same time without the game like dropping to like 12 frames a second because it does take up a, a load of memory when it comes to like uh, loading everything all at once. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, GEC is an incredible resource. Um, I didn't realize that not all of the videos are actually available on uh, YouTube, but there is mm -hmm. like, I think GDC vaults where you can then go and access everything. Um, but amazing, amazing talks on that. There. there are definitely some that I could recommend. Um, I think my favorite one from kind of more of like a game design as an overview standpoint was definitely one by um, uh, Curtis Murphy on what makes a great game great Ooh. really enjoyable he's i if you're someone who like needs visuals or doesn't enjoy sitting in one place for a long time watching something or that could maybe be seen as dull he is really really engaging um and really enjoyable to watch while also getting some really interesting like detailed information um so yeah for for looking at like the core of game design really enjoyed mm. his talk um also one by uh raf costa he wrote the book um a uh a theory of fun yes mm. um and he did a talk called practical creativity uh it's also really really good really enlightening there's a lot more information in that um because it's not kind of so kind of a fundamental overview uh but Yes, there's also some tips and things like that you can take from that talk to actually implement in your own uh, practice as well. So that was, that was a really good one. Um, I could probably go on for more, but <laughs> just go to GDC. <laughs> well, it's also, I feel like there's also similar like parallels to that where some uh, talks you can get online, but there's some talks that are also locked away in a vault or just like more difficult to come by and I feel like that definitely applies to develop Brighton as well where you can get most of the talks on uh, on on YouTube but there are definitely some talks which might not have been uploaded but maybe you can catch them on like Twitch when they're live streaming or maybe you have to actually be there in person to get the talk yourself um yeah. so that actually ties into my next question I have for you uh <laughs> do you think there are any non-digital resources that you would recommend for students um i had another resource like oh sorry resource. no go back go back um go sorry back i had one in my head <laughs> um so dev diaries or dev vlogs uh are really really helpful and really insightful so i watched a lot of um i think they're called dev diaries for star citizen mm -hmm. and not only are you learning obviously like kind of the skills and things that they're using but also again like how the company how all of the uh, subsets of the business like working together to make something and you really get to see like the background um, mm -hmm. of what goes on into you know making a ship for example uh, or making combat um, really 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 cool uh, so yeah I think they do I think they seem to do them for a lot of PC games now uh, Dev Diaries I know like um, I think Riot have done a few for different games uh, as well as obviously for smaller indie games so yeah definitely look out for those um but for non-digital 
Sorry. <laughs> London Fell is so difficult because everything is so easily accessible online. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say, I guess, well, I guess books. <laughs> books are non-digital right you can also get them in digital format so i guess maybe not completely non-digital but um yeah design books really really great uh that ethereum fun that i mentioned earlier again if you're not brilliant at sitting down and reading like non-fiction that book is really really brilliant really engaging um while also giving some great information um so yes definitely design books there are a lot out there um that one in particular is one that I've been able to read from front to back without having mm-hmm. to cherry pick the best bits. <laughs> so that one I definitely rate highly. Um, but also I would say uh, playing um, tabletop games. So yeah. working with tabletop games more so now. Um, they're a really, really clean way to see game mechanics and a really easy way for you to mess around and play with creativity and game mechanics. Um, and this actually kind of goes into the Raf Costa talk about practical creativity. And again, also something that I was surprised that I would learn or have to learn of like how to be creative. Um, and yeah, obviously if, you know, if you're staff studying or things like that, it's not something that would ever really come into your mind that creativity is necessarily something that can be learned but again it's that uh improving your creativity and using tabletop games can really help you do that um and really experiment in such an easy format so Mm. yeah tabletop mechanics are so unique as well and uh quite often not seen in pc games so if you come from like pc or console or you know uh mobile um, it really is like a whole new genre that opens a lot of doors and it's non-digital. So I take that box there. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree with you. And like, I feel like with physical board games that you can like pick up and play, it's like the best way that you could actually see paper designs in action. Yeah. Um, and it's so much easier, like you said, to just like tweak mechanics in, in physical form. Cause it's like, oh, this this way of spending mana didn't work. I'm just going to cross that out on a piece of paper and then write something new on this little card that I have. And it's it's so much easier to like expand upon current mechanics as well. So for example, I like to play Monopoly quite often, but I like to play it with D20s instead. And like some yeah. of the numbers have rules. So it's like, oh, if you roll a 20, you can roll again. And mm. it's just like skipping around the board. But then it's like, if you roll a one, then you have to pay 50 quid into the bank. So it's... It's a it's a great way to just like instantly add mechanics without having to worry about like several different steps of adding audio and, and then like uh, adding designs. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's a great way to just be like instant design and instant yeah. outcome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's accessible to everyone, even if you have zero programming skills. I really mm-hmm. found out the quality of this is like when I tried to make a uh, tabletop game for a game jam. And I was like, wow, I massively underestimated how hard this would be because you don't realize how many doors open a PC or digital games opens for you because you can do everything. You are not limited really by anything um, other than maybe your own ability. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for tabletop, it's just a whole new space. And just, I think, taking yourself away from the PC and putting yourself into a different medium, um, yeah, it completely changes things. 
Um, yeah. No, yeah, it makes that makes total sense. And even like with creating the board or or a, a board game, you're only limited to things that are physically around you. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's a great way to like visualize design and like show people visually how you'd want a specific mechanic to take place. Um, and then you wouldn't have to worry about art instantly, but it's a great way to quick, quickly dribble, 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 scribble a doodle, uh, not dribble on the board. That would I not work. <laughs> oh, unless it's part of a mechanic, you never know. <laughs> this is, I was meant to do this. <laughs> yes. Trust me, it's gonna work. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I feel like it's a great way to just like do some scribbles to say like, okay, this is what I was thinking. And like, you can instantly like get feedback from that. Whereas like with digital design, it might take a little bit while to get like feedback. And it's, it can be, despite having so many resources digitally, it can be harder to portray uh, a design or communicate something uh, without physically being in the room, which I feel like building and designing board games definitely brings to the, to the table. No pun intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was gonna say as well, like if for, cause my biggest problem that I have with uh, tabletop games is how expensive they are. So mm. for anyone who wants to try with tabletop games and have a go at being really creative um, and playing around with mechanics, make it yourself. Every company, a board game company will hate me for this. And if you like the game, I recommend buying it because you know, you wanna support them, but mm. like you can just make it like with paper, like I've made, a couple of games, board games that I couldn't afford. Uh, I just made them myself <laughs> on like paper with like coloring pens. Yeah, that's like that's how that is how accessible it is to everyone. You don't even need to own the game. <laughs> I mean, it definitely like counts when it comes to games that are just cards rather than mm -hmm. yeah, um, rather than boards. Like cards just against humanity. Yeah, oh, all that way as well. Yeah, hmm. like cards against humanity. You don't even need any fancy uh art or ui it's just like oh here's a question uh, and here's an answer and we'll just make our own deck uh yeah. and then we'll have just as much fun using the same mechanics but we've got different questions maybe we will change up the mechanics but it's um definitely on the same lines of like tweaking it but making it your own and not having to go out and buy like a 50 quid box of cards or mm -hmm. um yeah or, or just making it yourself basically And um, yeah, you mentioned before some different talks as well um, that are super useful when it comes to studying games. So I'm curious, is there any additional stuff like talks, panels, documents, or books that you'd recommend? Um, those are my big ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, if you're into level design, Steve Lee, I really enjoy his YouTube uh, mm -hmm. channel. Um, he goes into a lot of kind of specifics on level design, so that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to be fair, like those those GDC talks are the ones that I've really gotten into more recently and have found just that help game design as a whole. Like they really opened my eyes in a whole different way, even after my degree, um, and to kind of take my design in a specific like process or look at it in a different way so um i think yeah if, if people are going to take any resources from this go have a look at uh those two gdc talks would be my mm -hmm. recommendation 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like to also uh, plug the Game Day of London podcast, uh, it's mm. also you can also come check out this podcast as well um, because it's a great way to to showcase stories from industry veterans and learn about the stories of how people got into their role as well as like what a specific department is. Uh, so, for example, it was really enlightening for me to talk to Joshua uh, about level design, just hearing about the different aspects that go into level design, as well as like the advice that he gave to aspiring level designers. Uh, not to mention there's so many other episodes as well, but um, it's very interesting to just like sit down and listen to someone's story uh, and just listen to yeah, what, what a level designer does and just like breaking it down uh, for an audience member. Yeah, I think one like resource, uh, if you want to call it that, um, would be reaching out to people mm -hmm. as well. I think there's there's, there's never um, any reason to not. And I uh, remember the moment where I was going to get into game design and I messaged um, Eric Barone or Comsundape, the guy who made Stardew Valley and just advice on getting into the industry and he gave me a massive message uh back with tons of um advice and things and he was just incredibly helpful and so I think you know it doesn't matter who the person is if you uh if you want to you know find out some information maybe they do have a talk and you can go and watch them like on Game Dev London um <laughs> or you know if you really want to know about a specific person just reach out and message them because people have so much information and they may not even realize how much information they have, especially I think after you've finished, on, after you've graduated for so long, obviously you kind of end up forgetting things that actually are really helpful, but you mm -hmm. you don't even really consider them anymore. Um, so yeah, never be, never worry to reach out to people and to ask them or ask them their recommendations on books and things like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it can definitely be daunting as well for a, a, a student that's fresh out of uni to, uh, to talk to industry veterans and say like, hey, how do I get into the games industry when there's a, that massive barrier of, oh my goodness, I'm just talking to the narrative designer of The Witcher 3, like how do I, how do I mentally approach that? <laughs> Um, it's, it's all about just like breaking that down and be like, just a, another human being that is in the games industry. So they're, they're probably so happy to just sit down and talk with someone or just like, you yep. just have a mini conversation with someone. So it's all about just like not worrying about, uh, the game dev, uh, pedestal that uh, people have or anything like that. It's just like, they're, they're just people in the games industry and it's, it's, it's yep. all good. Yeah, the industry feels weirdly small because I mm -hmm. think everyone is so willing to help each other and talk to each other about the profession and, you know, just about what games are coming. Everyone shares this love for games. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it does. It may, ends up making it feel like a real community um, where, yeah, people are just happy to help and chat. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, especially when there's like uh, physical in-person networking events as well, where it really shows how, despite the games industry being massive, it really is like this small family that everyone kind of knows. Yeah. Um, Cause you can go to one of these events and ask someone, hey, what's your advice on getting this? Um, someone may not have the advice, but they could physically point you to someone and say, hey, this person might know more about it. Uh, I've worked on them on XYZ project, or I worked on them for a couple of years, or I just know them. Um, 
in I in randomly Tinder. know multiple sound designers that I have only met once, but I've messaged them and they're really nice. So if you need any help with sound design, <laughs> somehow I have I have this knowledge of people who exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah, even if you talk to one person, because we have like this almost close knit family, it's so easy to like recommend you to someone uh, that you may not have even thought about connecting with. So mm. yeah, just reaching out to someone, uh, no matter their position or no matter where they are, uh, is, is, is a great piece of advice. So I, I totally agree with you on that. The worst you're gonna get is a blank <laughs> or yeah. left on red. Yeah. And that's, what is that? It's nothing, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's similar to like applying for roles. It's like the worst that they could do is say no. It's not like they're going to arrest you for applying or scream in your face. It's just like, a oh, the best outcome is that they reply. Uh, the worst outcome is that they don't. And that's not the end of the world. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if it happened to you in real life, then I feel like that would uh, that would be a bit disheartening. Like if you said hello to someone and they just turned around and walked away. But that yeah. doesn't happen in... <laughs> game dev uh no networking events or at least that i know of. yeah just speak up <laughs> make sure that they know you're there <laughs> if you are saying hi um but yeah the, i don't i don't think that's happened <laughs> yeah and I, i'm sure i'm sure it doesn't happen as well and like yeah. even if um one person doesn't hear, <laughs> exactly like i'm sure if one person doesn't hear you i'm sure they'll tap someone else on the shoulder and say like oh this person wasn't was trying to speak to you better that you had them and it's 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 such a wholesome community so um yeah i don't think you could, you could ever worry about uh, being disheartened physically uh, <laughs> and even digitally as well so yeah. we're all welcoming definitely but um yeah i feel like that is we've pretty much covered everything um but if anyone has any additional questions uh feel free to uh, shout out or not shout out, but reach out. Uh, reach out if you want to. Uh, uh, reach out to myself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely hear you. Um, but yeah, uh, where could people find you, Chloe? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Chloe E. Elford um, or on LinkedIn. Um, and I will also be at Develop Brighton on Thursday. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to meet and chat with a lot of people then. Nice. Reach out, shout out if you see me. Hi. I started the podcast. Hi. It's right next to each other as well. Like, whoa, no need to shout. Nice. Uh, just, I just can't. I'm trying to get the picture of people shouting right next to each other out of my head, and I can't do it. But uh, yeah, I've been your host today. Uh, my name is Nicola, and you can find me at Humphreys Media on pretty much most platforms. Um, thankfully, no one's stolen that name, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and yeah, thanks you to everyone who's been watching. Uh, feel free to follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, visit the Game Dev London, Game Dev London uh, website if you want to find out more and listen to other podcast episodes. And feel free to join the Discord as well uh, at Game Dev London slash join. Uh, a lot of words. Thank you pronounce. very, very much as well, Nicola, for having me. Thank, oh, thank you so much for being on. And um, yeah, feel free to jump back on to the to the podcast whenever you like. I'm always happy for a chat. <laughs>
yeah, uh, that concludes another episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.